Hi, my name is Erica Lorenz, and I am your host on this podcast, Adoptive Voyages. Adoptive Voyages serves and supports transracial adoptees with healing conversations that inform and encourage our listeners through the power of shared experience. Each episode will host a conversation with a fellow transracial adoptee to bring awareness and value to the unique ways our adoptee identity impacts our lives. Hello, Adoptive Voyages listeners. This is our final episode for the season. And as I want to close up each season, I'm going to have a friend of mine, her name's Kelly Hall, be our final interviewer. So Kelly is a friend of mine. She was domestically adopted as an infant, and she lives in the Northwest with her husband and two kids. She is a licensed independent clinical social worker who specializes in trauma-informed therapy with foster and adoption children and their caregivers. And I'm just really excited to have her on this episode as we get to discuss different things regarding counseling, therapy, and her role in what she does every day. So Kelly, thank you for being here. Thanks so much, Erica, for having me. Yeah. So for listeners at home, like I said, Kelly is trained to work in the field, trauma-informed therapy with foster and adoption children and their caregivers. Kelly, would you mind telling listeners a little bit about how you got introduced into this field, why this is your specialty, and how your story intertwines with all that? Sure. It really was a journey in and of itself. As you mentioned, Erica, I was adopted as an infant. And so although adoption has been part of my story all along, it wasn't until grad school that I really honed in on working with foster children and their caregivers. Um, I always loved interacting with kids growing up. I babysat from as early as I could. Yeah. (laughs) I just love working with and being with uh, kids and helping. I always loved helping people and just hearing their stories. And so that just went step by step along the way of figuring out how could I work with people? How could I be with kids? How could I help make lives better um, and hear stories? And I really am so honored to hear people's stories and just hold that and be there along the journey. Um, It was in grad school that I was able to do an internship Mm. at a foster and adoptive agency and really just felt like that was the niche. That was Mm. my calling where all those pieces came together. Yeah, that's really cool. It's funny how sometimes later in life we find where we're called to, and yet it comes full circle with where our story not began, but a big piece of something that occurred at the beginning of our story. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Yes. 
In your professional experience, do you feel like families with younger children seeking resources like therapy is a newer thing? Or like when did that, I don't want to say trend, but when might have families recognize therapy as a resource for their children, their adoptees? I think it has become less of a stigma over this last period of time. I'm not sure I can yeah. pinpoint exactly a turning point. Yeah. Um, but I know in the last decade or two, there is much more acceptance for seeking counseling and therapy, whether it's for issues that come up as part of being adopted or for other mental health reasons. There have yeah. been a lot of just barriers that have been taken down for that, I think, and that um, is so helpful to uh, get rid of that sense of isolation and being alone in, in this processing of, of complex adoption issues. So yeah. it's really helpful to have a, uh, counseling as a resource and feel like you're supported in that step yeah. toward therapy. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. You mentioned complex issues or topics related to adoption. Do you see any common reasons that people come in to have services that you provide in regards to adoptees? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I would say adoptees, when you meet another adoptee yeah is just there's just this click of of understanding not that mm -hmm. it's going to be just the perfect relationship or friendship right. or anything right. like that but just knowing other people who have been adopted who share that experience it is a sense of oh they they get it i don't mm -hmm. have to explain all these things that other people don't understand. Yeah. And um, something that I have come across in training that has been really useful for looking at these different themes, certainly ones that resonate for me or yeah. individuals that I've seen in therapy, but they're called the seven core issues in adoption. Mm. I learned about them through the Center for Adoption Support and Education. Their acronym is CASE. Uh, and they, they had the information uh, through those who developed it originally named Sharon Kaplan, Rosia, and Deborah Silverstein. Mm. And this is just really a helpful way to normalize uh, issues that come up to help all members of the triad um, to understand each other better. Yeah. And it can be useful in therapy and exploring mm -hmm. these different facets. So uh, those might be themes including loss, grief, rejection, intimacy, shame and guilt, and mastery and control. Hmm. Those are all important just to take a look at and whether an individual decides that therapy is something they want to seek out or not, um, these are helpful just to 
process and to take a look through, am I experiencing some challenges in any of these different categories? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really helpful tool. Can you repeat the name of what it's called, the the acronym for CASE? What does that stand for again? Yes, it's the Center for Adoption Support and Education. Perfect. And they offer a great variety of webinars, trainings, things that are helpful for adoptees, as well as um, the adoptive parents. I have found that a lot of resources are geared toward the adoptive parent. So it's nice to find some resources that are for the adult adoptee as well. Yes. Awesome. Yeah. No, I think that's super important and it is lacking in the adoption community of resources specifically for the adoptee. So that is definitely a resource to keep in mind. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I think along with recognizing some topics or issues that adoptees may, some challenges adoptees may have, what type of resources or what types of therapy could one go to? So if someone's never been to therapy, the stigma's around it, but um, they want to continue their healing journey as an adoptee, I guess, what kind of options would a person have? I think a good signal or sign that it might be worthwhile to pursue therapy is if you notice patterns of challenge that keep coming up Mm. or you're feeling stuck, Mm. uh, can't get out of a negative cycle, perhaps, whether it's in relationships or feeling depressed or not wanting to rock the boat uh, in, in relationships. If there's, if there's something that's impacting your ability to function or function to the most that you want to, that yeah. you desire, it is so helpful to get connected. So as far as those options, there's individual therapy that can be pursued. And I really recommend that as you, if you are considering individual therapy, that you are looking for a therapist that is adoption competent. Hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean they need to be an adoptee. Yeah. But um, the more experience in in that community, the better. If they have some kind of experience in that triad, that's amazing. Um, but also that they have received training and they're really informed about the unique experiences that adoptees face. So individual is one route. Also, group therapy can be useful in other ways too. So in a group setting, you're with not just yourself and the therapist, you're with automatically a group that has also gone through similar, though not identical, experiences where you can discuss these kind of themes and topics together and explore them get insight from each other, be able to reflect together in a safe setting and receive some support and resources. Yeah. 
One of my colleagues and friend of mine, Amy Barker D'Alessandro, offers uh, in-person adult adoptee groups in the Seattle area. Mm -hmm. uh, she's been doing this for a number of years now, uh, perhaps up to a decade at this point of these groups. Um, she also has an, an online group, and these groups meet once a month. And she is seeing more and more new people uh, participating in these groups just to feel like they have a place for their voices to be heard, their experience to be shared, and to be supported through it. Um, so I highly recommend that. That's been a really useful resource. Mm. Also, there can be um, kind of in the work that I do, a lot of it is family work where it's not that just the child, the adoptee, in my case, uh, in that specialized work, it would be including the whole family system because I want that family to thrive the best that they can and to understand each other as much as they're able to just create space for hearing yeah. each other. Yeah. So family therapy can be a useful platform as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm not sure, but I'm guessing it, it probably happens. Family therapy doesn't just apply to when an adoptee is a child, correct? A family unit could go to therapy as adults. Anytime. Cool. Anytime, yes. Yeah. I think that's just important to recognize because a lot of people on the podcast have mentioned their family units maybe didn't talk about adoption, trauma, healing, grief, loss as children, mm -hmm. and now are adults processing their identity as an adoptee. And so that's just a great way to recognize that it maybe doesn't happen, unfortunately, when you're a child, but it can still happen as an adult. Anytime in the journey. Yeah. Awesome. Kelly, some people might say, oh, aren't you so glad you're adopted and have this conversation or idea with adoptees that it is a positive, happy blessing and a gift how, as a licensed therapist, do you navigate that conversation when it enters into your space? Mm -hmm. I do a lot of education with adoptive or foster caregivers um, to educate them about these various components of an adoptee's experience. And one of those is the loss and grief that, that can be there. Adoption doesn't occur without some, some kind of initial loss. Then something that didn't work out or was harmful or hurtful, and that precipitated uh, the child's adoption. And so oftentimes, as you said, in culture, there's this message that uh, adoption is happy and isn't it wonderful? And yes, it can be, uh, but it's also really important to acknowledge um, 
the likelihood that there's some processing to be done about the loss and, and grief that occurs in that experience as well. And it's okay, these various levels of experience are all okay. Some adoptees have acute, just intense experiences of, of harm or things that have occurred in their journey that, that really the support along the way can be so beneficial. And some adoptees are very interested in doing this processing and they're, they're wanting to seek this out. Others may not have as much interest yeah. or perhaps they're finding that they're not running into maybe some of the patterns or challenges as they're going along. And that's okay too. That's okay. There's being adopted doesn't mean you have to be in therapy. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a really good statement. It's an option as one way mm -hmm. of processing and healing, but it's not the way. It's not the only choice. So mm -hmm. I really appreciate you mentioning that as well. In regards to your work for transracial adoptees, mm -hmm. do you find that more conversations about race and identity come up in those adoptees' experiences? Yes, I, I do. And that's another component of the education for parents and caregivers mm. is to make sure that this topic is addressed, at least discussed, at least explored, uh, because it is a significant piece. It's sort of like adoptees have these other layers that those who were not adopted don't even need to think about. Hmm. Who do I look like? Where did I come from? Where's my birth family? Hmm. Just these questions that don't even cross someone's mind who who isn't adopted yeah. um, it's important that these different areas are brought up in counseling so that they can be explored and usually there are things around that that are really helpful at least for the adoptee to feel validated uh, and seen like they might be things that are under the surface, but perhaps uh, they felt anxious about bringing them up or talking to them about their adoptive parents. Yeah. So it's just helpful to open the door, open the communication mm. so that we can help safety filter into these different areas and help integrate that adoptee's experience. Yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, I mean, I think every adoptee's experience is going to be unique and different. You mentioned earlier when in a room with other adoptees, it's just like this little, like, they just get it, right? It's a click. Um, and I think that goes to a, a different level, specifically for transracial adoptees when they're talking to other transracial adoptees. And are there therapists that's specifically specialize in transracial adoption support or is it just adoption support or adoptee support? I think just as someone might be seeking 
individual therapy and looking for an adoption competent therapist mm-hmm. or an adoptee whose experience is transracial or, or interracial adoption, it is, it is really helpful. It's just another layer to see if that therapist has experience in some way or some extra training that can help with that next layer. Yeah. Um, one colleague that I can think of, just um, thinking of individuals who have adopted uh, transracially or are transracial adoptees, they just add another level of understanding to the therapeutic work. Mm. Uh, two others I can think of in the area are Spring Hecht, H-E-C-H-T. She has a website, multiculturalcounselors.org. And another colleague of mine, Barbara Tantrum. And yes, we do laugh at her name working with children. <laughs> her last name is Tantrum. That's awesome. <laughs> um, and a group of us with uh, Northwest Trauma Counseling, mm. the website nwtraumacounseling.org mm. are a group who specialize in adoption and uh, foster care trauma-related treatment. Mm. Also, Erica, another note, we had talked about individual and group and family therapy, but I think for someone who might just be looking for community, yeah. Maybe just to be talking with other people, um, some some websites or social platforms that that I have learned about are Adoption Mosaic, and that website is adoptionmosaic.com. That the the intention and focus there is to provide a place where those in the adoption constellation they call it feel valued heard understood and accepted that's a a wonderful place to just hear other people uh, and be with others who may share a similar journey also adoption truth and transparency is a facebook group and uh, they state that they're the largest adoptee led group on social media Um, so I think there are resources that are starting to build because it is so helpful to have that community and have a place where your voice is respected and heard. Yeah. A kind of a side note on that is also just to gauge how you're doing with that kind of interaction. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be quite overwhelming. Oh yeah. To step into that and hear so many other stories, um, there can be times where it's helpful to engage that community, but maybe also have some individual therapy going on or group in individual therapy so that you can process what you are experiencing with other individuals in your community, in that adoption community. Yeah, that's a very wise thing to say the the way I've kind of spoken about it throughout this season is you're opening a box and you're taking things out of the box whether that's your 
birth family or loss or trauma or identity work or community, but sometimes you have to put those back into the box and just pause for a moment because it can get really overwhelming. Um, this isn't mm -hmm. easy work. This isn't, oh, I'm just going to address this real quick and then turn it off. It's a, Absolutely. a, a constant and a, a big thing that impacts our lives forever. So yeah, it is lifelong and it can be to various degrees yeah. at different developmental stages. It can catch you off guard or it can be something that you're anticipating. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Well, Kelly, I really appreciate your insight, the resources that you plugged. If any listeners would like to have those resources, I can also put those on the website at adoptivoyages.org. But thank you so much for being here. Um, for giving us your insight into the work you do, but also just being an adoptee who's, who's doing the work for the adoption community. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much, Erica, for what you're doing too, just to help people feel more connected. Of course. Thank you for listening to this week's episode as Kelly joined me in discussion about her role supporting adoptees as well as other resources that adoptees may use as they continue their adoption journey. To continue supporting this resource for transracial adoptees, please consider making a financial donation at adoptivoyages.org. Stay connected by following Adoptive Voyages on Instagram and Facebook. And finally, Join us this fall for season two of Adoptee Voyages. Mm -hmm.